All right, thank you for joining the Mainstream Mavs podcast. This is your host, Will Miller. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaron Boslow. What's up, guys? We are a newly formed Mavs podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Mainstream Mavs. Um, we're just covering uh, general Mavs news, um, you know, post-game coverage, however you want to call it, after, you know, any single little event that transpires in Mavs land happens, it's going to be covered here. Just your stereotypical sports podcast um, with a uh, team-centric approach. Yes, sir. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, just a little background upon ourselves before we uh, dive into a few things today. Um, specifically, today we'll be talking about um, – we actually are recording this two days after the NBA draft. So we'll be talking about the Mavericks trade for uh, Jaden Hardy. And we'll dive into the Jalen Brunson situation and what New York has been doing to sway his interest. And if we have a little extra time, we will give our opinions on the Christian Wood deal as well. That happened roughly about a week and a half ago. So um, I'll let you start off, Jaron. Um, I guess go ahead and just give a little self background about yourself and, uh, uh, how you became a Mavs fan. Um, well, it was, I think we're coming up on 10 years now. Um, actually, I think it is 10 years, 2012, I guess I went to my first Mavs game and certainly fell in love with those versus the Spurs. And it was not pretty, but at that time I didn't care about the score. Barely even knew what basketball was. Um, but yeah, you know, fell in love with it. And then I think around 2015-ish is whenever I really started getting engaged. And of course, over this new, I guess, last four years since Luca's come along, it's, it's felt like a new era. And so I think that means a new era in viewership and fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would consider myself one of the guys that made the leap. Um, so really, like been a mass fan for pretty much half my life and I'm not very old so uh there's that um but yeah just you know we're we're passionate mass fans and we enjoy what we do so yeah most definitely uh me personally um my first um Mavs memory to my recollection um Actually, I was really not invested whatsoever in the Mavs. I was seven years old at the time. It was 2010. And um, I got free tickets to a Mavs game via a – I was in Cub Scouts at the the time in first grade. And I got free tickets to a Mavs game. And um, they shot up a T-shirt, and we were in the 300 section at the AAC. And I caught a – um, Jason hey. Kidd t-shirt. You got um, a t-shirt at your first Mavs game? I did yeah, too. Yeah, my first Mavs game. Oh, you did you actually? Yeah, that's pretty funny actually. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, at the time I still was not concerned about the Dallas Mavericks whatsoever. I really didn't have an interest in sports at that time. Obviously I was extremely young. Um, so I was, I think I was more concerned about, um, the Dippin' Dots ice cream 
than I was <laughs> the Mavericks. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they used to serve that the AAC. I may be misinformed upon that, but that's the best of what I can remember. Um, but shortly after that, I remember when I was about eight years old, um, I really got engaged in the Mavs playoff run, uh, the 2011 run, obviously. Um, I remember the Mother's Day Massacre. I was watching vehemently, um, saying Peja and Jet and everybody rained down threes in the Lakers, on the Lakers in game four. Even though I was only eight, I was watching at a friend's house, believe it or not. And, um, you know, I hadn't really watched too intently that whole season. But from that playoff run on, and I guess really from the 2012 season on, uh, you know, I've been hooked. I've been a huge Mavs fan. Um, despite, you know, my fanship going in waves of like, I guess how much I paid attention, you know, yeah, yeah. I always have been there, um, you know, supporting from the sidelines, um, despite whatever is going on in my personal life. So it's definitely been a nice consistency there. Um, you know, I will say during the dog days of the 2017, 18, um, <laughs> Season. Yeah, and that 2016-17 season, uh, my fanship was tested a little bit, and admittedly, um, not that I wasn't a true fan, I didn't like go pledge allegiance to any other team or try to become or bandwagon or anything like that, but admittedly, I did not keep up with the NBA near as much and kind of did not pay attention to the games just because, you know, outside of Yogi Ferrell and um, Nolan's Noel. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, Kyle Collinsworth and Doug McDermott being, you know, the highlight of your day. Like, it just wasn't all that entertaining, you know. I, I feel like was, now yeah, I would have the capacity to grind it out and, you know, take take the love in the tanking, you know, with um, and just the uh, – and, and, and enjoy the um, promise, I guess, of the um, – future first round picks as so many fan bases around the league are doing like with the Thunder, Pistons, Rockets, et cetera. But back then I just did not have the time or mental capacity for it that, for that. So I was playing high school football at the time. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my, uh, that's kind of my story. Um, and, uh, you know, me and Jaron, uh, we kind of decided we want to start this podcast. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot going on the mass sphere right now. Um, we figured, no, what what better time than to hop on? But now, you know, exactly. yeah, you know, we'd we'd always had conversations about starting this podcast, but um, you know, we said, you know, let's cut the um, let's get to work. Let's do it. Yeah, actually, exactly. Yeah, and here we are. So, mm -hmm. so that's where we are at. Um, and I do not want to bore you guys any more than we already have with our <laughs> um, very mundane backstories. So we will now get into, um, I guess, the first bit of the, uh, news that we're going to be talking about today, or not even really news, more so um, just our, our perspectives, I guess. Yeah, our perspectives on um, the Jaden Hardy trade. Um, so, uh, me and Jaren actually watched the draft together. 
yeah uh, we watched the first round together for the most part and uh after that you know um my my funny believe it or not we actually tried to start this podcast on draft night and my hot water heater broke so uh we we uh we ended that pretty abruptly um but we still continue to watch the draft together for a little while and you know um early second round it was just getting kind of boring it's gonna lay i figured to watch the rest by myself right so jaron decides he's gonna get he's gonna go home and um you know of course five minutes later the mouse make a trade yeah. it's just like stereotypical things like we would never get anything cool happening to us when we're both together. It's I always have to like make a phone call or something. But uh, anyhow, um, the Dallas Mavericks, um, you know, they had been rumored. Um, Is it late first? Early yeah, second? I know Richard Stamen, Mavs draft on Twitter. He, I, there were some other sources, but they had been rumored to want to get into the early second round at some point after obviously trading their first round pick away in the Christian Wood trade. So the Mavericks traded their 2024 second round pick and their 2028 second round pick for the 37th pick in the 2022 NBA draft, which they got uh, selected Jaden Hardy with. Yes. Um, so I guess, Jaron, first off, um, what was your, I guess, immediate reaction to the trade? Um, and um, do you think it was a – Good value play by Nico Harrison and the gang. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll set this straight here. Um, I'm really excited about what this new front office is doing because they're actually promising us and they are going out and completing those promises. I'll leave that there. Uh, no no bad blood, but uh, I'll just leave that there. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, so Will gave me a call. I was driving home, found out Jaden Hardy. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I think in a lot of people's draft boards, he was kind of a late first round pick mostly. Some people had him going late lottery. Yeah. Uh, and one had him going, I think, 32nd. Um, that was the latest I saw. Or like the the the, the latest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was picked 37th, of course, to us. So I think from a value standard – and only giving up two second round picks and they're four years apart. I think from a value standard, we're taking a reach. Yes. But this is a guy, he's 19 years old. Uh, his, his pick and pop game, his pull up on the jumper game looks like, looks like we can work with that. Uh, that's a guy I think you can stick in the corner and whenever he gets open, he's a guy that can bang a three. Uh, that's what we've needed off the bench and I feel like we'll get that off the bench might take a year maybe two uh but I mean really like this is a project kind of guy like I said he's 19 he was in the G League Ignite so he has some professional experience um but like I said I mean from a value perspective I don't think we really gave up a whole lot uh second round picks if you don't know already in the NBA aren't you, you don't keep them very often but you try yeah. and trade them they're not um, they're not as highly coveted as um first rounders yeah. yeah first rounders but i mean you know um those that's not to say that you can't find talent in the second round i mean exactly. uh, you know, obviously nikola jokic was a second round pick and he's, a, he's won the last two mvps jalen brunson was a second round pick but you know obviously you know just the um 
you know, it's just a lot, it's a lot harder. It's a lot more scarce to find good prospects in that range. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think the math set out and again, as a second round pick, we won't know until four years down the line, whether it worked out or whether it didn't. Um, but he doesn't have big shoes to fill. He's not on a bad team. He can work his way up over time. It, it would be nice to have him in the rotation this year. I don't know if that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, I mean, this guy, he's very offensive minded. Mm-hmm. His defense, his defense is a little lackluster at times, but I think when he's engaged, I think is when he plays his best defense. I think that's the case for anybody, honestly. No, hundred um, percent. And um, I would also to butt in like, um, it's not like he doesn't have the tools to be a good defensive player. Exactly. Um, he has yeah. a six foot nine wingspan. He's only, I think six, four or six, four and a half. Um, and that, um, so he's not, he's not shaped like a square. He has potential. Um, I've seen, you know, some of like the draft things I was watching on him, his, he's good at running through screens and the like, um, he definitely has potential on that end of the floor, but you know, you just do got to realize this guy is a number three overall recruit, five-star recruit coming out of high school, averaging 30 points a game. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, I would probably, you know, I could just imagine that, you know, defense wasn't maybe put on the premium for him in high school just because, you know, he was probably a lot more athletic than a lot of the guys he was going up against and just didn't necessarily have to try as hard and was able to just score on everybody. And I mean, that's all, that's the same with a lot of these guys. So, you know, because this guy was projected, you know, to go number three in the draft a year ago when we were, when they were doing mock drafts um, and things of that nature, you know, you know, I don't, I'd be remiss to say maybe his ego got to him a little bit and that's not a knock on him. I mean, I don't even, who knows what I would do if I was in that situation or what you would do if you were in that situation. Uh, But I think he definitely, you know, from, you know, some of the post-draft interviews and his comments and like what he said on Twitter and stuff, he definitely seems like, you know, he's this, this G league ignite uh, season definitely humbled him a bit. And he's ready to come in and um, work really hard. And, um, you know, I it doesn't look like, you know, he's coming in, you know, thinking that, you know, he's all that and that, you know, he's got screwed. And, I mean, I, I do, you know, hope that he keeps a chip on his shoulder for, you know, falling as far as he did. You know, I'm sure he doesn't feel as if he deserves to be selected that late. I mean, I don't think he did. I think he's – it's a mid twenties pick, you know, but you know, he's not necessarily, you know, the type of prospect I would have wanted the mass to target at maybe like pick number 26, but you know, when he slipped all the way down to 37, um, you don't really necessarily worry about fit at that point. You yeah. know, if the value plays there, you take a risk on, on a guy like that, you know, even though, you know, Nico Harrison said in the post-draft interviews too, hey, you know, he's, he's got some development to do. And, you know, he even could see time on the Legends this year. We're gonna, I'm excited to see him in Summer League. We're really going to have to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this guy comes in because, I mean, I think he has potential to come in and, like like you said, like be the eighth or ninth man in the rotation, just depending on how things go. He could be at the end of the bench not seeing time much here. Could be on a two-way contract. We really don't know much. We just got to see him play. But – 
from a general value play, I I like the move. Um, a minus, you know, like you know, you're not gonna really, you know, it's rare to see a guy like that slip. There's you know, there's usually one or two of them in the draft, like obviously MPG, MPJ um, on the Nuggets a few years ago slipped uh, all the way to the late lottery, like you know. Um, there's just always one or, one or two of these guys a year that, you know, just slip for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, I'm really excited to see how, um, how this goes out for the Mavs. Yeah. I mean, to add this, like, I think that happens more in football where guys slip and they turn out to be all like this great talent. Yeah. Basketball, that's very rare. You don't see that a whole lot. And you don't mm-hmm. see a guy who's a projected late lottery all the way fall all the way down to 37. Like, you don't right. see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like like you've mentioned before, if you're the Mavericks, you have the 37th pick. You just traded for it. Mm-hmm. Jaden Hardy's on the board. Like you said, you don't you don't think about fit at that point. You just think about what ifs. Yeah. I mean, I think he was the best available talent at that point. No, 100%. Clearly, yeah. Nico and everybody else did, and we took him. So. Yeah. Tom I mean, will tell. But. Yeah, no, it will. Um, Nico even, in fact, said that the Mavericks had him at 19 on their draft board. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's maybe a little higher than I would have put him on my personal draft board, but you know, hey, all power to them. Like, exactly. Like, you know, this would be a totally different conversation if the Mavericks were drafting, if the Mavericks had kept their 26 pick and drafted Jaden Hardy with that. You know, then I would have been like, okay, why didn't they go get a window more type or a more defensive wing type or maybe like, you know, a big man that can come in and um, provide some rim protection for. Um, you know, while maybe a very a, a more potent um, center rotation, definitely a more limited center rotation in terms of defensive capabilities. Um, just because you know you got two bigs in Christian Wood and Dwight Powell that aren't necessarily the best um, the best um, rim protectors, and then Maxi, you know, he's more of like a you know, switching help rim protector, but he's not necessarily like a guy that you're just going to stick on, you know, the MBs or Jokic's of the world and ask him to block every shot. Like, so, um, you know, could the Mavericks, you know, if the Mavericks were picking 26th and they selected Jaden Hardy versus going out and getting like an Ishmael Kamigate or a um, Christian Coloco or a defensive-minded wing, such as a window more to provide some playmaking, or um, here's some other guys I'm missing. Um, you know, AJ Griffin was in that range. I think he went before, but just some guys like that, you know, then it would be a totally different conversation. But, you know, just the fact that the Mavericks even traded into this draft after having already traded the 26 pick away right. um, to, you know, get a value play like that, 37, for a guy that could very well be better than – a lot of the guys ahead of him, just depending on, um, you know, if this G League Ignite season was a fluke for him or not, um, you know, that's that's a hell of a play by the front office and, you know, all power to them. I'm really excited to see how it pans out. I'm really excited to see Jaden Hardy in Dallas, and I'm really excited to, like, actually have something to root for in Summer League than just some regular boring team. Yeah. <laughs> what's, so. what's the, what was the last one? Was it a – What's his name? Motley. Um, Jonathan Motley? Yeah, was that the last, like, I guess, root for kind of guy? The last what kind of guy? 
rooting for kind of guy uh, in summer league? Like, I mean, of course we had. Oh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, because Josh Green hasn't played summer league. That's for one. I mean, if he's still on the roster, does he play summer league? That's a because he had I, the. I, yeah, I mean, because Josh Green had the Olympics last year. Um, but I mean, he played all of like eight minutes for Australia in the Olympics. So I like really wish he could have just played in the summer league instead, but Hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think we signed Jalen LeCue to the summer league as well. Jalen. Oh, it's, I think it's Jalen LeKigi, I believe, oh, but I was like, Oh, really? I, don't know. I was like, I, I was like, Oh, that's a big, that's a big time. Signing that's interesting. Um, what's it? We also, um, off the top of my head. I will say a couple years back, 2017, um, Christian Wood was actually on that Mavericks team that won the uh, Summer League, uh, the, or- the Orlando Summer League back when that was still a thing um, they, with Jonathan Motley and um, who is it, like Ding Ying Huang or whatever. Yeah. Or, was it was it Ding I, or was it – or and there was – we also had Yubi, uh, the Japanese – um, guy who played for the legends. Oh he yeah, was, yeah. I I can't. I I don't know if it was Ding Ying, Ying Huang or um, Yubi. I I do remember the Mavericks had those. I always get them confused, but they did have those two prospects on their summer league teams at various times. But now it's a fun nugget how it kind of came full circle. Um, you know the Mavericks actually, um, getting actually retaining value from somebody who performed well in their summer league, even if it's like five years down the line, I guess with Christian Wood um, yeah. versus like, I believe like what was a campaign was on the 2019 summer league team and just tore it up. And then all of a sudden in the NBA finals next year, that did not feel really good, but you know, it, it also didn't really feel too good when, you know, the sun's lost by like whatever 40, 40 or whatever points it was in game seven. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um shout out to DeAndre Ayton um uh you know really excited for Robert Sarver and the crew to see where they ship him off um I saw a report today though that there's increased confidence that um since Detroit was able to get both Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey since they were able to get the big man that they wanted in the draft that um they don't know if that uh Ayton signed trade to Detroit really is going to be coming into fruition as much so you know that's a team in Detroit that could – they could have a potential pretty good future three right there. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, if Jaden Ivey really um, – if if he kind of exercises the ceiling that he has, I mean, that's two all-star guys in your backcourt with him and Cunningham. And, I mean, a possible very dynamic big in the future with Jalen Duran. I mean, that's that's a core to build off of, albeit they're all really young. Yeah. yeah, I don't really expect anything from them this year, but I mean, um, what's his name? Troy Weaver did a hell of a job getting those guys up there in Detroit. Um, so yeah, um, sorry for getting off track a little bit, but yeah, yeah. um, Mavs also signed Marcus Bingham to an Exhibit Ten deal. I saw that. Big guy out of Michigan State. Um, Exhibit Ten deals. Uh, for lack of a better term, just a training camp invite. I'm sure he'll be on the summer league team as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about him in a later episode. I don't really know too much about him at first glance. Did you were you able to read anything up on him, Jaron? Honestly, no. Uh, I I think this is the year the most I have watched college basketball, mm-hmm. and 
I, I know the name, of course, because I'm pretty sure he was a starting center or power forward for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, don't know a lot about him. Yeah, um, just a preface for future reference. Me and Jaron uh, are not necessarily the most avid uh, college basketball draft aficionado people. Yeah, you're gonna see. We tend to be the type of people who ramp up around draft time. Exactly, and like you know, start acting like we know a whole lot about these prospects mm-hmm. when in all reality we did <laughs> yeah, not we- watch them all year. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we'll watch games here and there. Jared's an avid Texas Tech fan, uh, basketball, um, but we're not necessarily, um, you know, I more power to the guys who cover the draft year round because that's just that's like a lot of like foresight, you, like those dudes up in like the locked on NBA draft who are like having to cover the draft and then go on and um you know they get done with the 2022 draft and then like they have like a 2023 mock draft like a couple weeks later like that's just insane to me but yeah like yeah i i they're good they have some other content year round no 100 they are very good at it yeah but um that's as far as you know i'd like to profile in terms of Jaden hardy really excited for how he's going to pan out um see what he's going to do with the mavs um excited for summer like july yeah. 7th, I believe. and i mean something we'll get into in some later pods you know does the Jaden already signing and you know if that if he ends up panning out you know very cheap contract second round pick that you know that definitely would make i feel like uh josh green a lot more expendable at that point so or just you know any of those um, younger wings in the rotation. I guess it's really just Josh Green since the Mavs just traded um, all of their kind of throwaway guys. But, you know, obviously the Boban one was really sad. But, yeah, that's, you know, we'll, we'll save our tears for another time. Um, <laughs> on to the uh, Jalen Brunson um, saga, I guess, Yeah. as um, we will call it. So about a week ago, um, Jaron, where would you say your confidence uh, meter was at in terms of re-signing Jalen Brunson? Um, honestly, I feel like it, it's it's an uphill. It, okay, it's it was down. I think at the end of the playoffs because I saw you know every every Mavs Twitter page posted it where his jersey was signed by every teammate out of the locker room. And that, that's kind of a thing that you look at and you're like, wow, like it, he's not going to play with us anymore. Uh, and then – Oh, so you took that differently. See, I, I thought that was like a farewell kind of thing. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. I, I pictured that more as like a when – I, when I read that, I, I, I read it more as if like, oh, wow, he like really enjoys being here so much. He just wants to, you know, maybe keep that at his house or something. Um, that could have been it too i don't know but yeah <laughs> shortly very shortly like i think a day or two after that run mm-hmm. rick bronson his father gets signed as assistant coach in new york mm-hmm. for the knicks um yeah. and that one was like okay they're definitely going full head dive into the water for jalen brunson mm-hmm. um and that's that crazy was, that was the genesis of it mm-hmm. yeah which is crazy because i don't think like, no knock on Jalen Brunson. He's a great player, but he's not a Kyrie Irving. He's not a LeBron James. I could see you guys doing this for LeBron or something, but 
going in full knock where you're changing your whole coaching staff for a guy. Yeah. I doubt makes them okay at that point because they're so bad. I think that's their franchise player, but yeah, I mean, is he, if he joins the Knicks, is he the best player on the team? I think he is personally. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I think he's better than RJ Barrett. Uh, I mean, if you're getting, okay, let's preface this. If you're getting, you know, first round ver- version of Jalen Brunson versus the Utah Jazz, and yes, he's the best player on the team. Um, if you're getting like cumulative regular season Jalen Brunson, then like, I think there's an argument to be heard that RJ Barrett might, might be a better player than him. There's there's three guys that could separate that. There, yeah. Lewis Randall. I mean, he had a terrible season. Yeah. Uh, but that's a guy you never know whenever he could put up thirty and ten. And then you got Jalen Brunson. You never know whenever he could put up 30 points. And then you got mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett. That's another guy that can score in a flash. Those are three guys you don't know what they'll give you, but they could give you 30, all three of them, one night. Yeah, and um, and I don't know why it's popping in my head, but they're all left-handed. I don't know why I find that just like oh, yeah, so weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's that. Uh, and – like I said, I mean, they've gone full head dive into the water, into the deep drop blue ocean for this guy. <laughs> um, and I understand it. I love Jalen Brunson. Uh, but if they're willing to give up 30 first round picks, I don't know if it's worth all that. So yeah, that's what it looks yeah. like they did that night. So. Yeah, just, just for like context, since you kind of dipped off there for a sec, um, the Knicks, um, this was the, the Knicks draft um saga so you know from what all the reporting had been jake fisher had said jalen brunson as much like talked to mavs teammates saying that um and obviously this is just reporting that this is like you know can be taken with 100 percent accuracy but you know these are like source credentialed nba reporters and like jake yes. fisher and mark stein guys who have been historically accurate with covering maps stuff so with all that you know in mind you know, uh, Jake Fisher had reported that uh, Jalen Brunson had much like told uh, Mavericks, uh, you know, fellow teammates that he'd be back. You know, that you know we were kind of just waiting for the pen, the paper on July first to just go through. You know, right as free agency starts. Um, I don't. It's not at midnight anymore. Of course, it's at like six p.m. or whatever. I still think that's <laughs> stupid. I don't like that. But. Um, and then, you know, even like with the Rick Brunson hiring by, uh, you know, as an assistant coach of the New York Knicks, like we obviously know that that's, you know, sort of a play from for the Knicks to try and, you know, sway Brunson or whatever. But I didn't really take much credence to that just for the fact yeah. that like, yeah. you know, are the, what are the Knicks going to sign in with? Like what cap space? But I guess here's what the Knicks were able to do on um, draft night. So the um, – First trade the Knicks made was they they had the number 11th pick in the uh, draft, the guy who I really liked in Ujman Jang. Um, and they traded him to the Thunder for three future, three future 2023 uh, first-round picks that the Thunder had possessed with their just absolute, like, Vladimir Putin, Russian nuclear array of first-round picks. Um, and they had already drafted – uh, what they already used their 11th pick, correct? And then they traded away after. 
if I'm not wrong. Yeah, right. well, that, that's when the news came out, at least. Obviously, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when the new, they, they selected Usman Jang, and then it, after that, it at least came out that um, that they were getting the three uh, future first next year. Um, you know, weirdly, all three of these first are, like, extremely lottery pro- – they're all, like, lottery protected. So, I mean, they'll, they'll all convey at some point, just – who knows when? Maybe not next year, I guess. Um, maybe at least hopefully one of them hits for the Knicks. So, I mean, you know, in, in hindsight, I don't I don't know. I guess, you know, you shed well, salary by not having to sign a first-round pick. So they, 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 they traded one or two of them because they made three draft night trades, I believe. Yes, so here's, here's the next one. Yeah, okay, thank you. So, the next one, the um, – Knicks actually traded for Jalen Duran. And then they um, they traded um, they traded one of those picks that they received from the Thunder. And um, then they gave up four second round picks, three second round picks in 2023, one 2024. So Knicks get Jalen Durant. So you're thinking, okay, now New York has a center, you know, this is who's going to like, this is like Mitchell Robinson's replacement, but no, the, uh, that was a weird. No, the, uh, the Knicks are not done at that point. They attach, I, I guess they had to, um, you know, just cause Kemba Walker and, you know, tanked his value so low, they had to attach the asset. That is Jalen Duran at pick number 13, sent him to the Pistons with Kemba Walker in tandem where Kemba Walker is likely to get waived. And the Knicks got a 2025 first round pick. Um, so the Knicks basically get 18 million in cap space as a result of all that. And in the end, get two 2023 first round picks and one 2025 first round pick and shift off some second round picks and drafted nobody in the first round. I think they got like one dude in the second round, if my yeah. memory serves me right. But yeah. Um, and that to me is a future move. That's not a get better now move. And I think we all know that. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's shedding salary. And yeah. you know, if the Knicks now have eighteen million cap, um, and uh, you know, they make those moves. They make those moves last night, and I guess we we're all just kind of wondering, okay, like, what does this mean? You know, do you think they actually do have a legitimate shot at Brunson? And then, then, this you know, is whatever I got scared. Yeah. So. You know, I honestly, like, personally, like, wasn't even still, like, intimidated by this. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, it's the Knicks, whatever. Until the very next day after the draft, um, Friday, Mark Stein reports to on his sub stack um, that the um, – it is, quote, unquote, very, very, very um, real that the um, – that Jalen Brunson might be considering – uh, going to the Knicks, um, and um, you know the Knicks do still need salary to shed because right now they only have 18 million in cap space. And you know if the Mavs and the Knicks are going to get in a bidding war for Brunson, surely he's going to command at least probably about 25 million. But um, you know it's scary at the end of the day, um, yeah, because it went from basically yeah. being a sure thing to. Now we're kind of questioning the future of Jalen Brunson in Dallas. And, you know, what does all this look like 
we'll get into that in another pod in terms of like, you know, what the Mavs future, I guess, hypothetically would be without Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, obviously we still have some time before free agency starts. Just um, let me check the date today. So today's the 20, uh, we're recording this on the early morning of the 26th. So, I mean, free agency, I guess, is only what, about a week away, Jaren? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I believe it starts July 1st, yeah. Fireworks are about to begin. That's crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, a very volatile situation. Um, And, I mean, who knows what exactly is going to happen in terms of what Brunson's doing now. Um, This is not, you know, a situation I thought we'd be in as little as about a week ago. But, you know, I'd say it's a 50-50 chance between who signs – him, you know, given the Mavs and the Knicks, you know, the Knicks do have a lot of connections with him. Leon Rose, you know, works up in the, uh, who's in the Knicks front office was, um, has ties to Brunson. I think he was Brunson's former agent, if I'm correct, or, you know, was with his agency. Um, obviously his dad's now an assistant coach there. I know there's some connections with, um, you know, worldwide West works up in the Knicks organization. He's always connected to everybody as everybody tends to say. So, you know, if the Knicks are able to shed a little more salary, you know, if they can get somebody to take maybe, you know, some of their expirings and I believe Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel or, you know, two of their expirings, if they could get somebody to take some of that, you know, who knows? Now, you know, from a mass perspective, you know, um, this kind of all comes back to the fact that Donnie Nelson structured Jalen Brunson's deal like a first-round pick versus a second-round pick Yeah. Um, when they signed him because, you know, I guess it was a respect thing, you know, since he got drafted so high in the first round. But, you know, is this, you know, kind coming back to bite them in the tail right now because Brunson um, would be a restricted free agent Right now, you know, if he was signed to a normal contract as a, a second-round pick versus an unrestricted free agent right now, and the Mavs could still match any offer sheet. So that's um, that's definitely not the um, funnest situation in the world, but it is what it's we drama. are dealing with right now. Yeah, there's um, always drama whenever it involves the Mavericks. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess, Jaron, um, what are your um, – I guess what's your concern level at the current moment that Jalen Brunson's uh, going to sign with the Knicks? Well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see, what did you say, was Mark Stein reported that it's a very real possibility? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see that. So mm. that It was in a sub stack, so you had to be like a paid subscriber, but there were like some people. Um, you know, I would encourage people to consume media and pay for it if possible. I'm, you know, um, unfortunately too broke to do things like that. So I don't, but um, I was able to see in like some like some of the, like the Mavs like Twitter pages. Um, they kind of like drip fed what was said from the reports and basically said that yeah, he um, it's a very 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 real possibility that you know there's some there's some smoke in the water with that situation. Yeah, well, after hearing that, that makes me a little more worried. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I am confident. I I don't think. This is a team, and this is assuming Brunson is on this team. I think this is a team that can make a run at an NBA championship if everybody buys in. Pen- pending what happens in the, you know, in free agency and 
as you know, a lot of teams are getting better next year. Um, yeah. I think the Mavs will definitely be in the mix, but you know, I don't, I don't want to go that far yet, you know, with, without seeing what their final moves are, you know, before um, the playoffs next year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, like it, I just can't see this team without them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very real possibility. Like, I think we talked about what the Knicks might look like mm-hmm. with them, where they have three guys who can score night in, night out, uh, depending on who wants to score. Yeah. Uh, but for us, if we want to talk about what we would look like, it would take a load off Luca. Um, we saw that this year in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a clear definition of what we saw. Mm-hmm. Things are a little different whenever Luca came back, but that you know that's that's the playoffs. You think on the fly, like you you don't have time to think in the playoffs. Uh, now you have a whole offseason to think about it. So that's hoping that he resigns. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, him taking that next step was essential to the Mavs um, getting as deep as they did in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, you luckily, you know, as good as. Spencer did what he did pan out for the Mavericks. You know, you do have a little bit of insurance if Brunson leaves, but you know, now you're still kind of lacking that secondary ball handler, yeah. or at least one that can come off the bench. Cause even if you're going to start Dinwiddie at that point and Brunson, you know, is in New York, like, you know, you're to the Mavs, you know, at that point, I think. you know, it all kind of does change, you know, depending just depending on what the Mavs doing free agency, like, you know, um, if Brunson gets shipped off to New York, would they be able to negotiate a sign and trade or like double sign and trade to like help the Knicks shed some of their salary if they're not able to get off some of that salary by the time free agency opens? Could the Mavs take some guys back in that deal that would, you know, help the depth out a little more? Possibly. Um, you know, could the Mavs go out and sign a Dragic to the veteran minimum? And, you know, if Brunson leaves, you know, you still have Dinwiddie starting and you still have a guy like Dragic who's able to come off your bench and, you know, still help lead that second union. So, you know, while it may not be as dynamic as Dinwiddie and Brunson, you know, you're still not missing too much creation. And, you know, then the Mavs try and maybe target a wing that would help them at that point. Um, These are all, you know, a lot of different questions. Um, But, you know, the simple answer to them is – it's probably going to be a lot better if Jalen Brunson resigns. And if he doesn't, um, you know, despite what may happen um, with all the other offseason moves, I still think the best version of this team is with him on it going into the 2022-23 season. Any, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, these, these reports definitely do scare me. My confidence isn't completely shattered, but, you know, um, we've had our fair share of offseason troubles as Mavs fans with the DeAndre Jordan saga in 2015 and, you know, Jason Kidd back in the day, you know, ditching us, signing with the Knicks last, last minute, you know. One thing I will say is I've really enjoyed, uh, like you said earlier, Jaron, how this new front office has made connections um, thus far and they haven't gave us false promises. Um, I thought in the older regime with Johnny Nelson a lot of the time, you know, as um, I didn't like, you know, as, as good as Donnie was, you know, you know, post-championship run, I feel a lot of the time is, you know, he would try to market a lot of what these players, um, 
he would try to, you know, say weaknesses about these players and say them, call them strengths and kind of gas up these players more so than they were. Um, I feel as with this new regime, like, you know, it's given to Harrison. Him. Yeah, exactly. Nico Harrison. What, or what were you going to say? I was, I was like, it's given straight to us. Uh, yeah. I haven't, and again, it's just Christian Wood and Jaden Hardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't seen any gassing up or no. I've seen it where this guy's going to take some time to develop. Yeah. And then I he believe, uh, exactly. And with Christian Wood, I believe Nico Harrison, you know, he talked a lot about him as like his offensive potential with Luca, you know, is off the charts, which it is, but. It's not like Nico Harrison came into the press conference saying, press press conference saying, oh, Christian Woods, our rim protector. You yeah. Know, this is the guy that's going to go stop everybody at the five. Like, you know, they know what they have. And, you know, they're making good value plays, whether it's the best fit or not. You know, hopefully they can work that out still in the offseason in terms of maybe finding somebody who can play defense in, or, you know, can switch a little bit on the perimeter and be a better rim protector at center, maybe get a backup big. You know, you know, maybe get another wing with the taxpayer MLE guys who, you know, are more fit oriented. But, you know, for the two value plays that they just made, I definitely have no no gripes with that. Um, sorry, I had a timer go off right there. Um, reminding me to um, do the dishes. I'll have to do that after the pod. Um, sorry for the interruption. <laughs> uh, anyhow, though. Yeah. Um, I definitely um, am excited in terms of the new front office's regimes. And, I mean, didn't even mention this in the pod, but, like, Kyrie Irving had the Mavs on his list of teams that he'd be willing to go to. Um, That's not saying that I want him. Yeah, that's not saying that I'm, like, head over heels for Kyrie, but that, you know, that's definitely showing a lot about you know what going to the third round of the playoffs does for you and what a and what you know the Nike connections and just connections in general that Nico Harrison and Finley and all those guys in the front office have. Um and it's it's really boding well for us. But you know, you know, in conclusion, this uh this Brunson thing is is really starting to scare me. But all we can do is wait. That's the worst part. All we can do is yes. wait. But and um, also really excited to see Jalen um, Hardy get out to the summer league, get some PT, and just see how he pans out in general. You know, it's a it's a big swing, but it's either going to be a big, you know, it's it's low risk, high reward. So, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say, Jaren? Um, low risk, high reward. I guess that's been the name of the offseason. You just said it. Mm-hmm. So uh, far with the Christian Wood move and the Jaden Hardy trade, yeah. Do you yeah. have any like final thing you'd like to wrap up about on the uh, Brunson situation as it currently stands? Um, I think we covered everything. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see this team without Jalen Brunson, like I said earlier. Yeah, uh, being you even mentioned it, this yeah. team in its best form is with him. So yeah, yeah, I, I it's gonna be hard to recover without him. You know, the Mavs don't have even if Jalen Brunson doesn't come out, come back. You know. The Mavs are still going to be in luxury cap hell. They're not going to have like tax. I mean, they're not going to have cap space to go out and just go sign another like point guard. So, exactly. Um, yeah. Because um, the only reason they'll be able to retain him at such a high number is because they have his bird rights. So, it's going to be really interesting to see how these pans out, but how this pans out. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. This wraps it up for the 
first um, podcast of the Mainstream Mavs podcast. If you've listened this far, I believe we're a little over 45 minutes. Um, we really appreciate you for listening this far into the first podcast. Um, we definitely have a lot of things to improve on, you know, regarding audio quality and um, just general performance. I feel like I did not defer enough to Jaron this episode. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> we have, we have uh, like endless more podcasts to work on it. So. No, hundred percent. And we're excited. You know, we're not, we're here to stay. Um, we're a bi-daily podcast. We're going to do three, four times a week, regardless of the influx of news that, you know, it could be the driest week in Mavs and Mavs <laughs> well, land. We're, we're still going to find, you know, we're still going to manufacture content for you guys. Um, and we're really excited. We really, you know, we've, this was a very calculated risk that we took starting this podcast. Um, you know, we weren't going to do this unless we could actually put our all into it. Exactly. So we're, we're really committed to developing consistency with this and just trying to build a community within the Mavs um, Twitter world and with you guys online. And uh, we'd really like you guys to interact with us. Um, share this podcast if you can. Um, it'll obviously be on. Give us. Yeah. Uh, what what you think I guess could happen mm-hmm. in free agency or with the Jalen Brunson? Uh, I think that'd be a fun. Yeah. yeah, you can um you can definitely let us know anything you you want to talk about regarding the podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, mainstream underscore maps. Um, um, we're releasing this podcast on Anchor, so I believe it diffuses to uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, a lot of other major podcast platforms. Um, not all of them uh i guess that i know off the top of my head but it will be in your feeds sometime um early sunday morning and um, that wraps it up for the first episode of the mainstream mass podcast you guys have a good sunday this is will and jaren signing out peace